Welcome to another gathering of the Gold Key Adventurers Society. Have a seat by the fire as we prepare to help you unlock the secrets of the travel life. From theme park thrills to Purple Mountain's majesty, we want to see it all and do it all, and we want to help you do the same. We all have those bucket list trips, once-in-a-lifetime destinations that we'll get to someday. We're here to help you make your travel dreams a reality. Buy the ticket, take the trip. Where do you want to go? Come on, come on, come on, I'll tell me what's on your bucket list. Okay, hey, okay, hey, it's a beautiful day. Lights, camera, action. This week we're talking about the movies that spark our sense of adventure and inspire our travel plans. Plus good news at last for theme parks and Mexico's answer to Slim Goodbody. Fill your popcorn bucket and get ready for your close-up. It's time to hit the trail with the Gold Key Adventure Society. All right, this is it, the big night. Our limousine has taken us a short trip from the hotel around the corner to the start of the red carpet. Uh, the car door opens, the flash bulbs pop, and we're on the move, navigating the crowd of reporters and other movie stars as we head into the theater for the big premiere. But before the movie starts, I have a question. If the Academy was creating a new award category just for you, what would they be giving you the Oscar for? Currently, it, currently for me, it would probably be best performance while wearing the same pajama pants for four days straight. <laughs> Crunchiest pajamas. <laughs> uh, I would like to think I would win for most inappropriate or at least appropriate. I guess yeah, it's that's an award accurate. you want most inappropriate. Yeah, that's <laughs> just just in general, just least most yeah. inappropriate, most least. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I got nothing on this one. I think I'd be getting an award for my voice work, but only in the category of uh, of uh, voices that entertain uh, a newborn. Because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like to think I can do character voices, but somehow they all sound out come out sounding a little bit like Buddy Hackett. Oh well, you yeah. can do a lot worse than Buddy Hackett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can do a lot better than Buddy Hackett Thank too. You. Though. Please, please. <laughs> You do a lot more current than Buddy Hackett, that's for sure. <laughs> no, no, I can't. A lot more still alive. <laughs> well, the babies well. from the 40s are loving it. <laughs> well, uh, let's start over to our main show. Uh, the show this week is brought to you by Key to the World Travel. Key to the World Travel is a full-service travel agency specializing in theme parks, cruising, and destinations around the world. Head to www.keytotheworldtravel.com for more details and a no-obligation quote on the vacation of a lifetime. Jess, uh, tell us about uh, theme park history this week. All right. Well, this week in theme park history, we're going to go back to 1992. Um, on May 13th, Disneyland officially unveiled the Fantasmic Fireworks Show in Frontierland. Um, oh, fun. Under- I love Fantasmic. This goes under the list of things I haven't seen out there. So, oh, it's so much better at Disneyland than Disney World. It is. It feels more immediate, and I like the use of the the big pirate ship and the other ship. It's just it's more gooder, as they say. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Hopping up to 1995 on May 15th, California Grill opened at the top floor of Disney's Contemporary Resort, mm-hmm. which was the California Grill. Remember places. <laughs> remember, remember eating with eating, other people yeah, in restaurants and being served beverages 
<sighs> California Grill is one of my favorites. I love mm-hmm. it up there. It was originally the top of the world restaurant. Did you guys ever eat there before that? No, I, I never ate there until it was the California Grill. Yeah, I can't find a lot of info. I don't think it it made a big splash with people. So I think California Grill was a, uh, a good replacement. Um, let's see. Now we're going to hop over to Universal Studios, Florida. Um, May 15th, 2008, the Simpsons ride opened. Ugh. Yeah. That ride makes me nauseous. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I don't get... I don't get sick on those things. And that ride does make me a bit queasy. That one and oh. its predecessor when it was Back to the Future. Oof, yeah. I wanted to vomit. Say, I never wrote it ride. when it was Back to the Future. But the the Simpsons and the Minions and uh, and whatever used to be there before the Minions, Johnny, not Johnny Rocket, whatever that. Hmm. Those theater sized simulators make me sick. The individual simulators typically do not like the. Transformers or Spider-Man, that doesn't get me. But when it's the whole theater, it somehow just makes me super nauseous. I I love The Simpsons, though. I'll ride it every time, but once. And then I need to take a break and have a flaming mo. <laughs> that ride has the best pre-show. I love all of the pre-show. Videos. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're so good. Uh, let's see. On May 16th, 1991, Muppet Vision 3D opened at Disney MGM Studios. And uh, sadly, it opened one year to the day after Jim Henson's death. Oh, yeah. So and that was that was actually the last Muppets project that he worked on that got released. I was, love that attraction. Did it's he a, was he around long show. enough to do Kermie's voice? Yeah, he did the voice Good. for it. That was basically the last filmed uh, performance Aww. that he had done. So I hope it sticks around. Yeah, you know, I was it, just going to say, I hope it stays around a long time. I like that attraction a lot. Yeah, I love the knows. Muppets because who doesn't love the Muppets? Nobody. Only, exactly. only horrible people don't like the Muppets. With no souls. <laughs> and finally, uh, it's a little personal for me, too. Uh, May 17th, 1991 was the opening of Disney's Port Orleans Resort at Walt Disney World. Oh, cool. And uh, this was the what is now known as the French Quarter. In 2001, it merged with Dixie Landings Resort to turn into Port Orleans uh, French yes, Quarter. Dixie Landings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably a good time to get rid of that. It was a good rebranding. Yeah. Uh, French Quarter uh, is where my wife and I stayed right after we got engaged. We were supposed to I was supposed to propose to her on the trip uh, at Walt Disney World. But uh, after an argument at home about whether we should take the trip, uh, it turned (laughs) that I had to. Spoiler surprise. Look here, damn it. I'm trying to marry you. That's exactly what it came to after a lot Thanks of arguing. For ruining it. Yeah. And she's like, why do you want to go so bad? I was like, you want to know? And so uh, oh. it turned into just a celebration of our uh, engagement. So, yeah, but it's a, it's a really great resort for couples. It's really nice and quiet. And it's smaller than uh, Riverside. I kind of yes. like Riverside. I think Riverside I've is a little prettier, uh, but. But French Quarter is, is nice and small. And the kids Quarter like that pretty. big I've lizard. Never, I've never stayed. Slide. I've only stayed at Riverside once. I like them both, but yeah, French Quarter for the for the size. Mm-hmm. And the beignets. Oh, yes. Bagnets. Mm, <laughs> big old puffy donut. And uh, yeah, that's it for this week in theme park history. Heather, you wanted to tell us something about uh, national parks opening up? Yeah, the national parks are all starting to open up. And I have to say that we've been getting a lot of interest in visiting national parks this summer. Don't know if it has anything to do with people wanting to be out in the wilderness alone. Who knows? Could be. <laughs> um, 
a lot of them have already started reopening some of the major ones. Bryce Canyon opened back up on May 6th. The Great Smoky Mountains opened up on May 9th. Everglades opened on May 4th when Florida started reopening. Mount Rushmore seems like it's been open pretty much the whole time. They've suspended a lot of their uh, walking tours with park rangers and and historians, but you can still go visit Mount Rushmore. Yellowstone, Yosemite, the timeline is a little bit unclear. It's looking like it's going to be around June 15th, but uh, most of the country, the national parks are starting to reopen so you can get outside. And uh, we've had a lot of inquiries about glamping for this summer. (laughs) So I think it's people who wouldn't normally be wanting to go camping have have decided that they're going to try something a little different this summer. But they're not going to give up sleeping in a nice, comfortable bed and daily housekeeping and that kind of thing. Yeah, there are right. some great glamping opportunities around all the national parks. I just got in the mail uh, the requested Redwoods National Forest information that I have been nice. ruling over for yep. the past month or so. So, yep. yeah, we're, we're thinking about that now. It's it's definitely like, let's get out and go see some nature and at least do yeah, something that we can a- get in. There's a company that we work with at Kido World Travel that does some really spectacular glamping near a lot of the big national parks like uh, Mount Rushmore and Yellowstone. And um, the, if you see the pictures, if you go to the Key to the World Travel Facebook page, we've been putting up pictures of these campsites and they are pretty spectacular. A lot of their camp, the tents have a bathroom in them, which is pretty cool. That's important <laughs> and, when you have yeah. to pee. And living rooms, yeah, some of them, they do have a level of you can get the luxurious tent, but you have to use the communal bathroom. But definitely the ones that have their own private bathroom are pretty cool. I have a problem with the word glamping. (laughs) Glamorous camping. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a dumb word. Like vacationista or genius bar. I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) But I like the idea of it. I would definitely Mm -hmm. go glamping. Just call it something different. Yeah. Is there a man version of uh, glamping? Fancy camping. Fancy camping. <laughs> I don't know if that's much of a yeah, workshop. Yeah. Yeah, right? I'm a fancy camper. <laughs> How about we work? Dandy camping. There I like it is. that one. Yeah. I like that one. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep workshopping it in the meantime. Yeah. Jess, you've got some more park openings to tell us about, huh? Yeah. So um, Shanghai Disney is beginning its phase reopening of its theme park. Uh, the resort began opening some dining, retail, and entertainment locations in early March and uh, it was just announced that the park opening with limited attendance will begin on May 11th. So by Uh, the time you are listening to this podcast, it is open. It is open in 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 a way so that yes, though there (laughs) are are various rules in place. Um, It's going to require advanced ticketing and reservations, which uh, you'll be able to do through their app. Um, They put out a kind of a fun video that actually walks you through basically all the changes that they're making um, that include. I have seen uh, both the Chinese and the English versions thus far. I didn't even watch the English version. I just watched the, the Chinese the, version. The Chinese one was my favorite. <laughs> it's more fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. One thing that stood out to me in that video is uh, the way that they're going to be checking temperatures. Um, I had assumed that they'd be out there with, you know, the little guns that they put, you know, next to your forehead to check your temp. In that video, it showed basically you're walking through a tent 
at a normal pace and they've got cameras on either mm-hmm. side. Just infrared, infrared cameras. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be quick. It shouldn't hopefully slow down things. I had much. wondered about that myself because individually yeah. taking each person as they walk through seemed like that would really slow things down. Mm-hmm. That's I noticed I the people in the video I watched were wearing coats, oh, which yeah. means they're not in central Florida. Right? No. <laughs> yeah. So when it's 175 degrees in central Florida, that's I don't know. Yeah. That's what's work. interesting. Because I will be a red ball of fire. And well, they may- think I have a fever. Maybe those infrared cameras. That's what's interesting. I'm not. I wonder if they work a little differently, or because your core temperature is not when you're when you're super sweaty outside in Florida. Your core temperature probably isn't actually raised. Yeah, yeah, but you're but but if something were to read your temperature on the surface of your face, it'd probably be you know in oh, Central yeah, Florida, yeah. somewhere around the fires of hell perhaps i don't know it gets hot there in the summer but so i'm curious if if those are accurate are they really reading someone's body temperature yeah i can't wait to see how this all goes yeah i wonder if maybe they'll have sort of a secondary backup way to test temperatures if somebody sets off their sensors and then maybe pull mm-hmm. them aside and give them like a real temperature check to make mm-hmm. sure yeah. I, I would and is everybody going to be it. smart enough to just take Tylenol 20 minutes before they walk past? Shh, stop it. There's a bunch of people standing in line with ice packs on their face. <laughs> yeah. like, uh, and I'm good. Okay. I'm fine. Stop uh, coughing. Take an ice bath right before you leave. <laughs> um, the park will be doing some uh, social distancing things like uh, in the queues, restaurants, ride vehicles. Uh, with the queues, they've got special signs out where they're going to tell everybody where to stand to give the spaces ride vehicles. Um, they're going to be skipping rows uh, for things like on boats, things like that. Um, and on May 11th, the majority of the uh, offerings will resume operation for the controlled attendance. Um, some interactive attractions and experiences such as the children's play areas and theater shows are going to remain closed for the time being. Uh, the capacity of Shanghai Disneyland is 80,000 people per day, um, and Ooh. the government has put a limit of 24,000 per day. Um, Disney has said that they're going to open with substantially lower than that 24,000 and then sort of ramp up over the weeks. Mm, so it's a perfect time to visit. It's going to be slow. <laughs> yeah, that's and I'm I'm beginning to think like by the time that, that we, we go down for to Universal for our trip in end of August, that we're going to be enjoying a nice wide birth in the parks so mm-hmm. that's something to look forward to don't give birth in the parks jess that's <laughs> gross I, I can't help it et does that to me um, <laughs> <laughs> um and so yep they're gonna have uh, no parades or nighttime shows right now the enchanted storybook castle will have evening magical moments where they'll be doing music and things like that uh, but they obviously don't want people crowding around in, in large groups to watch fireworks And the characters are still going to appear in each of the lands and in a special cavalcade parade, uh, but you will not be able to get up close with them or take photos during this first phase. So, yeah, they're 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 going to be sort of the cooties on their fur. Yeah. I'm I'm wondering if they're going to have masks on. There was I read something that said that they would be wearing a hidden mask underneath the costume, which seems like a little bit of overkill. Seems like a lot of overkill when you have an entire face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As if it wasn't bad enough under those things. I'm right. Sure. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So they're going to be the uh, sort of the guinea pig and we will see how that goes. Hopefully mm, fingers crossed pig. everything works smoothly and they move through the phases. Mm-hmm. And then on this side of things, uh, Disney Springs is mm-hmm. gearing up to be the first domestic. Uh, yes. And actually, by the time this podcast is released, they will have allowed the restaurants to reopen. That happens May 11th. 
Pardon the interruption for one quick correction. Disney Springs will be reopening on Wednesday, May 20th, May 11th. I hope you can understand that with things changing as quickly as they do right now in the travel industry, it's hard to keep track of all the dates that are throwing around. So, Disney Springs reopening on May 20th. We now return you to our previously scheduled programming. And um, not the retail shopping. None of those have announced any opening yet. Uh, But many of the restaurants are going to start reopening with some uh, procedures in place. Wine Bar George put out uh, an article about a lot of what they're planning to do, which includes not having menus. They're going to ask you to pull up the menu on your mobile device. They're going to, you know, stagger the seating a bit and reduce their capacity. Things like that. It seems to be what most of them are planning to do. But that will, that's all happening May 11th. So that's a good sign for the Walt Disney World Resort as well. How they go deliver all of your wine in a, with a plastic lid and a straw to help keep these out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's on tap. So they're just going to tell you to hold your mouth open and they're going to aim it at you from across the building. A lot of what most of them have been doing is really just emphasizing their sanitation procedures and that, you know, most of the things I read said, you know, we're already very, very, very careful but we're ramping it up and re, you know, not just cleaning the table after each guest, but sanitizing the table after each guest and, and that sort of thing. And talking about how the employees will be required to wear masks. Servers are going to be wearing masks. Um, there was there was some confusion over whether guests were going to be asked to wear masks. I saw some things that said they were which doesn't really make sense at all in a restaurant. Um, but <laughs> yeah, maybe, they're, yeah, <laughs> maybe they're planning that for the retail locations when those reopen, that if you're in a store, that they may ask that you have a face covering on in, in a store, which I think that's inside, in inside the interior Close spaces. Quarters. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me and seems reasonable. It doesn't really make sense to me for people to be asked to wear them in the outside. outside in the parks. Yeah, especially with as hot as it is in Florida. Um, but I could see that for our interior spaces. It seems reasonable. Mm-hmm. That's how it is. Just the, the rule in Birmingham where I am. If you're outside, mm-hmm. you don't have to wear it. But if you're in any public place inside, you have to wear it. Mm-hmm. Us too. In, inside in. Well, right now, the only thing that's open is our our grocery stores. Um, but you, it is required to wear. Yeah inside here and i get that thing off the second i walk outside (laughs) my favorite is when i see people driving their car by themselves wearing a mask (laughs) yes i've seen that too what are you protecting yourself from or what are you who are you protecting from yourself you're alone in your car Maybe they don't really trust themselves to remember to put them on. Uh, (laughs) Maybe i leave mine hanging on my rearview mirror so yeah i just keep mine in my car and um put it on when i head into the store and the second I set foot outside the yeah. store, I'm ripping uh, it off. <sighs> Too much carbon dioxide. If you wear glasses, I, I have yet to figure out how to wear one of these without my glasses completely falling I have, off. Yeah, I have. You got to let them ride. I, I put contacts in before I go out now because it was just driving me nuts. Jess, do yeah. you have the kind that is over the ear loops or a tie in the back? I have both now. Like Sarah has been making masks frantically. And so she's made both kinds for me to try. And I have, if you have the tie in the back kind, make the one on the bottom looser. So the I air did. goes, 
the hair goes down there and mm-hmm. not up into your glasses. That's, With my pinhead shape, I have to have it like super tight up top or it just falls off. So yeah. it just it's just like pushing it under my glasses. You might try a bandana instead, like uh the bandana works style. well for me. Yeah. yeah. Although uh, have any of you guys uh, headed over to T Public and ordered yourself an official oh, Gold yes, Key Adventure I'm Society for those face to mask? Arrive. I have uh, yeah. my favorite shop, Enchanted Tiki Tees. I have purchased many, many Disney themed face coverings, including so Haunted Mansion wallpaper. <laughs> yeah. <Yes>. They're parodies. <laughs> That's they're, right. They're lovingly, loving parodies of favorite park. Well, if you things. if you want to uh, if you want to show the world how much you love our show, we'll throw up a link to our shop on Key Public, oh, and you yeah, can order absolutely. Uh, That's a good point. Gold Key Adventure Society logo masks, and I need to get one with our adventure pigeon on it. There you go, his little pith helmet. <laughs> <laughs> he did what did he tell me? <laughs> he pissed in it. Still waiting on an adventure quokka, by the way. Oh, okay. And the adventure otter. Don't forget the otters. Uh, well, I'll just write that down. Imagine that there's theme music playing for uh, our segment where we take a random walk through the Atlas Obscura. Uh, this book is an explorer's guide to the world's hidden wonders. And uh, let's find out where we're going to go today, guys. I need uh, First, I need a number zero through four. One. Two. Jeff, zero through nine. Oh, okay. One, two, Jeff, six. zero through nine. One, two, six. Uh, we're headed to, um, this is the city of Mandalay uh, in Malaysia, the pagoda of the world's largest book. The world's largest. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the world's largest book, which was finished in 1868, is not an oversized bundle of paper pages, but a collection of 729 marble tablets. Each tablet is five feet tall and is inscribed with 160 to 200 lines from the Tipitaka, the sacred text text of Theravada Buddhism. The tablets are housed in 728 domed white shrines arranged in rows Hmm. around a central 188 foot high golden pagoda. The entire construction is known as uh, the Kuthoda Pagoda. Pagoda. Yeah, Pagoda. Yeah, it seems like a really, it seems like a really fun language to speak. Um, King Mi- King Minden Min, who founded Mandalay in 1857, began the project in 1860. He intended to create a book that would last for five millennia after the Buddha. If Kathoda Pagoda remains intact <laughs> for the next 2,500 years, his wish will be fulfilled. Uh, it's really amazing. I mean, it looks like a city of these white pagodas and each oh, wow. one of those wow. spires there. It looks like something out of Star Wars, actually. It is a big book. Isn't that where Padme yeah. lives? Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it looks like. Uh, we'll put a picture up on the on the page. And uh, But each one of those pagodas houses one page of this book. Um, you can find it on 62nd Street in Mandalay. Definitely at the bottom. Like Naboo. <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> know. I'm going to wait for the uh, pagoda of the giant movie. I just, it just looks too <laughs> Wait through. <laughs> Topical. <laughs> Digital release. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy it. Oh. <laughs> it's much more convenient to carry with you. <laughs> Where was right. that? 
Uh, Mandalay in Mandalay Malaysia. Bay in, in Las Vegas. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Did I hear that wrong? That's some expensive real estate there. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe not now. Mandalay, Malaysia. Hmm. Ah. Yes. All right. Next up, we've got our newest segment of the show, Just the Tips with Key to the World Travel. <laughs> this is my favorite segment. <laughs> I really need to get a theme song for this one. Yes. Uh, uh, this week, we have a tip uh, from... Uh, travel advisor Leah Ferguson about flying with small children. So take a listen. This is Leah from Blacksburg, Virginia. I have a travel tip for uh, flying with young or small children. Don't do it. So a few years back, we figured this out the hard way, but those Contigo sports bottles for the kids that you just push the button and the little spout pops up um, and then they can drink from that. This sucking is really good for your ears. Um, but one thing to know is that the cabin pressure in the plane will also change the pressure in the bottle. So if you push that button and that spout pops up, it's going to spray water all over the people around you <laughs> or juice or whatever else that you might have in there. So make sure before you push that button just to unscrew the lid real quick and then screw the lid back on tight. And then you can um, drink from it like normal. The people around you will thank you. That's good before that you hose them down one. with red wine yeah. you snuck on the plane. <laughs> My kids always had a terrible time with the cabin pressure when they were little. We started flying with them when they were you know, basically a few months old. And up until, man, it was probably well into elementary school before they both stopped complaining about how bad their ears hurt. Sometimes on takeoff, but usually really, really bad as we were on approach and on landing. They would both just be in agony. Hmm. Uh, for a while, we used these little earplugs called earplanes. You can get them yeah. at Walmart. Have you ever tried those? Mm-hmm. And they're they're pressure equal. Them. Yeah, you did. I, that's right. They're, they will equalize the pressure in your ear. You got to put them in before a plane takes off. Yeah, it's uh, like an earplug really that screws in sort of, and it has a hole. So as it goes in, it equalizes pressure in your ear to whatever's around you. When they were really little, we'd give them pacifier, and that would definitely help because they're sucking mm, on the passy or as we landed. Yeah, yeah, that too. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Something I guess must be something about the way kids' eardrums are not quite fully formed or something yet, but they have a terrible time on airplanes. It's a good just tip like to complain. That's, I also yeah, like yeah. the I also like the tip about how you can spray the annoying important businessman sitting next to you with, <laughs> with, with your water rock. bottle. Yes. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's, it was just totally an accident. Yeah. I didn't you know, know that the pressure and all. <laughs> yeah. I'm just a silly Didn't girl. I don't understand physics. Your lap. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, uh, you ready, you ready, you ready for some more, uh, another educational segment Ooh, here. Uh, survival tips with Dan. Yes. Survival tips with Dan. This week. We're surviving. This is another. We're going back into the animal kingdom. Well, for I'm this telling one. you, the bear, the bear tip keeps becoming more and more uh, uh, useful for me. The black bear has has reached my backyard, basically. Yeah, that's <laughs> <good>. <laughs> yeah we there's uh, neighbors posted photos. There's a field at, beyond behind our house, and then a, a woods beyond the field, and some neighbors posted photos of a mama black bear with two cubs. That they took from their deck. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm preparing to have to punch a bear. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
as long as there's video, yeah, please yeah. make sure one of the boys gets a video. I haven't found in the neighborhood yet, but <laughs> I'm make a hell of a TikTok. I am prepared if I do. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's safe to say that you're not going to have to worry about this one in your backyard, because this week we're going to learn how to escape from an angry gorilla. Oh, yes. oh yeah. Oh, just an angry one? <laughs> yeah. Why would you escape from a friendly one? <laughs> Too friendly. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, step, step one is a bit. <laughs> Are we talking like silverback, big giant gorilla that could rip your head off? Uh, you Any can picture gorilla. whatever kind of gorilla you want, whether it's uh, a silverback or a grape ape, whichever you prefer. Oh, grape ape. <laughs> <laughs> he makes my car go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, step one is uh, is to evaluate the gorilla's behavior. A stressed or angry gorilla is likely to vocalize loudly and pound, jump, or slap the ground before attacking. A gorilla that is just tugging at your clothes or grabbing at you might just be curious or extra friendly. <laughs> That's the way I do it. All right. <laughs> Good to know. That's how I meet people. <laughs> Uh, step two, do not react. Don't scream, hit, or otherwise antagonize the gorilla. Even if the gorilla grabs you, it may be playful behavior. Scaring Ooh. or aggravating the animal may provoke an angry response. Oof. Uh, step three, be submissive. Do not look directly <laughs> at the gorilla. So, <laughs> so that's the way the gorilla likes it. All right. Uh, remain quiet. Do not shout or open arms wide to try to appear larger. The gorilla may interpret these acts as hostile. Turns out I'm a gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we learn a lot about each other yes, in this show. Yes, <laughs> Too much. Step four, watch for a bluff charge. A gorilla may make a bluff charge before an attack to try to scare you away. It may scream or bark, stomp, it ha- stomp its hands on the ground, and tear at vegetation as it advances towards you. A bluff charge is fast and intimidating and resembles an actual attack. Mm. Uh, step five, crouch down and make yourself as small a target as possible. <laughs> that oh, way you're, you're less threatening. This sounds uh, like what you have to do for a grizzly attack. Eh, it's very similar. So don't uh, punch him in the nose. Right. <laughs> right. Well, that's a black bear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, they don't mention anything about uh, any kind of pepper spray on for, for the gorilla. Uh, step six, uh, remain quiet and submissive. Um Step seven, groom. If the gorilla has gotten hold of you, begin to groom its arm while loudly smacking your lips. Primates are fastidious groomers, and grooming the gorilla in this fashion may distract the gorilla in a non-threatening way. Yeah, distract me too if I was attacking someone and they just started brushing my hair. As as the gorilla's grip grip relaxes... Slowly move your grooming hand to the gorilla's hand, showing keen interest in any bits of leaf or dirt on the gorilla. Huh. Step <laughs> step eight, remain quiet and passive until the gorilla loses interest or until help arrives. Be aware, if the gorilla has you in its grip, do not attempt to pry the gorilla's fingers apart to remove its hand. A full-grown silverback gorilla is much stronger than a, any adult human. The gorilla's grip will be like a vice that is impossible to open. It will rip your arms off. So just lick and cuddle. Yes. Yeah, run <laughs> your fingers through that long, luscious hair, and <laughs> yeah. that's fascinating. I, I really hope that doesn't come up. Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, you're basically just instructed to Netflix and chill with a gorilla. <laughs> yeah, 
You want to make some popcorn? We'll watch some Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, just unwind, have a little red wine. You know, they're distant cousins, so they're into the same things we are, apparently. Uh, Jess, you had a weird theme park for us this week? Yes, uh, more uh, a weird theme park attraction. Uh, So we're going to be taking a trip to Guadalajara, Mexico, to the... Guadalajara. To the Selva Magica theme park. <laughs> yeah, and, wait, wait, uh, Jeff, is, is that how the natives say it? <laughs> sure, yeah. With that they're accent, very, too. They're very swarthy. <laughs> yeah. Selva, Selva Magica. That's when Antonio Banderas describes it. <laughs> it's the Nasonex B. Um, <laughs> um, this is a normal theme park. You know, it's got the normal theme park rides, roller coasters, that sort of thing. But there's also this uh, wonderful attraction I found named Alicia. <laughs> oh. Alicia is um, a giant blonde woman who is sitting <laughs> on her back. Or excuse me, she's laying on oh, her stomach. Wow! And uh, Alicia is a a walkthrough exhibit. Hmm. And as you see, you enter in through huh. her side, um, and you can basically see the inner workings of Alicia. Mm. Um, you can enter no, through her side, thank and you. This includes uh, things like her teeth, <laughs> her tonsils, uh, a Whoa. beating heart, which actually Whoa. squeaks. The heart doesn't beat. It moves, but it makes That's a weird cool. squeaky sound. Um, and there's a light up brain, as you guys can see on the this screen. This is currently. some weird stuff, you guys. Yes. And uh, <laughs> the, the big point about this is that it's got all of these internal organs, but all in really wrong places. Um, so her brain is actually in the roof of her mouth yeah, right i was gonna between, say her brain is by her uvula yeah it's right by her tonsils basically like right there um her heart is directly under the tonsils um things like that and then the the weirdest thing is as as you move down alicia you'll find that she's pregnant <laughs> oh, look oh at no that. A fetus. oh boy a giant fetus that kind of wow. rocks back and forth inside of her oh um, no yeah and it's in her rib cage uh so that's very strange and then, yeah, you make your way down through her uh, intestines. And I-, I was expecting you would leave through her posterior, but no, you, oh, you, man. you exit through her feet. You go all the way down through her legs so you can see her veins and, and things like that. And, oh, I wanted weird. to get pooped out. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> no, Alicia's not pooping anybody out. So if you'd like to take a really That's incorrect weird stuff. inner working <laughs> tour, then head on down to Guadalajara. Alicia. Huh. Alicia. That's a heck of a field trip. Right. You never forget that third grade field trip. <laughs> what a weird, like, why make it and then make it all wrong? And she's not listed on their website. You can go to their the park website and she is not listed as an attraction. <laughs> I'm not sure. Why. They're not proud of her because they know she's. Because <laughs> her brain is in the room of her mouth. <laughs> she was here when we built the park. Uh, you know. <laughs> we, we can't get her to leave. <laughs> it's an ancient burial ground. Right. We tried swatting her with a rolled up newspaper and she just won't go. Yeah. <laughs> she looks so content to be laying there, though. Mm, yeah. Nice hair. All right. Well, stick around because after the commercial break, we're talking about movies that have inspired our sense of adventure and love of travel. When it comes to planning your next adventure, knowledge and preparation are always key. That's why a call to your Key to the World Travel Vacation Planner should always be at the top of your to-do list when you feel the urge to venture forth and explore the world. Key to the World Travel is an authorized Disney vacation planner specializing in travel to Disney theme parks around the world, as well as Disney Cruise Line, Alani, and Adventures by Disney. 
with over 450 travel advisors who share a deep love for Disney destinations, Key to the World Travel has a wealth of knowledge and passion to help you experience all the magic with none of the work. Wherever your wanderlust is driving you, Key to the World Travel is a full-service travel agency with the expertise to get you where you want to go. So whether you're headed to Universal Studios, Hawaii, Europe, or somewhere a little farther off the beaten track, your first step should always be to visit www.keytotheworldtravel.com for a no-obligation quote. Their expert travel planners are standing by to help you with every detail of your perfect vacation. That's www.keytotheworldtravel.com or at Key to the World Travel on Facebook. Key to the World Travel, your key to a magical vacation. Well, we've made it into the theater, success, and successfully navigated the snack stand, and emerged victorious with our $20 popcorns and gallon buckets of soda. As we settle into our seats and wait for the trailers to start rolling, we have plenty of time to talk about some of our favorite movies that have inspired us to get out and explore our world. Uh, Want to kick off the, the discussion? <laughs> I thought of this uh, idea when we were looking for show uh, things, but show ideas i thought of this one because there was a movie in particular that i saw and thought oh my god i have to go to this place and it was couples retreat which is a really silly (laughs) stupid movie but if you type in couples retreat the google suggested words after that or hotel they stayed at or like where did they film this and it's in bora bora and it just looks amazing it's the overwater bungalows that everybody thinks of when they think of that thing it's Amazing. Bora Bora and Tahiti. Yes, it's, mm-hmm. that is the spectacular location. Yeah, the way the cliffs just rise up, the mountains just rise up out of the water there. The whole place is so gorgeous. And that uh, that hotel is uh, something. It's the St. Regis Resort in Bora Bora. And if you start Googling it, there's a million different things. Like, where did they film Couples Retreat? But overwater bungalows with the hole in the floor so you can see the... Fishes. Uh, stuff swimming below you. It's a relative, it's a pretty funny movie. It's a little stupid, but it's no, I, no, I, I like it. I didn't mean it wasn't a good movie. It's yeah. just funny. Well, sometimes you know, it doesn't have to be a quality film to entertain you. Yeah, <laughs> no, but it's got sure. Vince Vaughn in it, so it's gotta be at least seventy five percent good, right? Vince Vaughn is yeah. amazing. Uh I love, John I love uh, John Favreau, John Favreau is, my is my favorite line in the whole <laughs> When he's getting a, a massage, he says he carries most of his tension in his upper thighs, <laughs> which I think we all do. <laughs> but yes, the St. Regis uh, Resort in Bora Bora, I just had to figure out where that was. And then I saw the pricing on it and was like, oh, well, never mind. <laughs> very, very expensive. But if you'd like that sort of a setup, there are several places now that are doing the overwater bungalow type of accommodation that was made famous by that, including the Polynesian Hotel at mm-hmm. Walt Disneyland Walt Florida Disney campus. It's funny Although, that, that that has spurred so many people to wonder where did they film that, but it fills that right in on Google when you search Oh, yeah. And Have the, any of uh, you ever been to Tahiti, Fiji, Bora Bora? Jeff's probably come the closest and having spent so much of your time in the South Pacific as a child. Yes, I grew up in the Marshall Islands, which is somewhere between Asia and Australia, out there in the very South Pacific. 
uh, in, near the breadfruit islands. <laughs> if you're familiar with that, as I yes, know. definitely. Oh, there. Definitely. What is a breadfruit? I'm, Sounds I don't gross. Even know. <laughs> I have no idea. Like breadfruit. Yeah, I was going to say breadfruit and jackfruit. Neither of those are on my list of things to try. Yeah, jackfruit. No, I, I think it's what they like were. I think it's what the sailors were really upset. Fruit. Yeah. Oh, God, I don't yeah. Meat Mm-mm. substitute fruit. Oh, thank you. Barbecue. You played a pivotal role in mutiny as a barbecue. The closest I've ever been is Hawaii, and Hawaii is paradise. So I would I lived love there for to a couple visit. years too when I was a yeah. youngster. I would love to get down to Tahiti, Bora Bora. Fiji is where they seem to keep filming every season of Survivor now. Remember when they used to go around to different places? Mm-hmm. Then they've all just like, hey, we like it here in Fiji. We're just going to stay here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think they've probably got some infrastructure there where they yeah. can have the the uh, production and the cast gets to stay in nicer digs this way. And <laughs> they just change the rules and the competitions, but keeps everything the same. But the water there just looks insane that aqua aqua blue just so gorgeous yeah that's literally all the island has going for it take me to there <laughs> one of the first films i saw that I, it's one of my favorite movies actually but also really made me want to visit london was a fish called wanda oh that's <laughs> such a good movie i love that movie i love kevin klein <laughs> it's i haven't seen that in years hysterical i watched it again a few weeks ago to show my kids because I love that movie. <laughs> and it's like all it? filmed in London. Yes, they did. It's all filmed in London and you've got some, you've got some mon- original Monty Python actors on there. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Who's in it? Um, yeah. Michael Palin. Michael Palin. Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis. Coming to I mean, I, oh, that's right. I was trying to think who the Monty Python. I don't think I've seen Michael Palin and John probably and, in twenty years. Uh, John Cleese. Yeah, those two. Yeah. Oh, I love John. And Kevin Klein delivers a, a monologue about the chip, Britain's Britain's contribution to world cuisine. And then he <laughs> then he shoves them up Michael Palin's nose. Mm-hmm. It's so stupid. That. It's so stupid, but it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, that's a fun movie. But it's all filmed in London. That was one of the things that made me want to visit London. That and and have you visited London? I have visited London. Did with you, you visit there with me? I did. <laughs> oh, that's right. One of the movies I saw as a young boy that oh sort of sparked. <laughs> Uh, something for me was uh, strangely enough uh, <laughs> Travel going, to New York, going to New York City, and uh, it was it was inspired by Ghostbusters. Um, yes, oh, yeah. that's a good one. Um, and, yeah, so as a kid, I saw Ghostbusters, and and you know, I, just something about the city itself, not even like part of the the movie. I, I was pretty sure that you weren't going to be able to go find ghosts to bust. Did you want to go to the library? But, yeah, very much so. But yeah, I wanted to go to the library where the, the big lions were outside. Like all the architecture like blew me away. And it basically, yeah, sparked me to end up moving there like later in my 20s and, and living there for six years. But yeah, I... Did you bust any ghosts while you were there, though? I did not. There were a few rats and roaches, but <laughs> <laughs> the sad thing about it was that it was like that movie and then the Warriors were what made me want to like move to New York oh, City yeah. and, and visit. And then, you know, of course, I knew it wasn't, you know, as bad as those movies depicted. But finally, by the time I get there, they had cleaned it up and there was really no danger to be found in the there city. Were, which was there weren't sad. gangs of uh, 
baseball yeah, there's no, uniform. There's no baseball guys with like mime paints on the face. You Come know. out to play. I was looking for the roller skating guys. It's just, yeah. there. It's the Warriors. That's a good one. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Or Escape from New York. That was New York at its finest right there. That was New York. They didn't have to change it much at that time. They just, <laughs> no. My first was is actually kind of more almost uh, like a category. Um, and it's not for any particular destination. But I remember as a little kid, we watched like Dr. Doolittle and the old Around the World in 80 Days. The old Dr. Doolittle not the Eddie not Murphy, the Eddie Murphy no. or uh, nonsense. Or the There's Robert another the Robert Downey Jr. one that just came out. Um, you know, J- Journey to the Center of the Earth, the old Swiss Family Robinson. Oh yeah, like, Swiss Family Robinson is a great one. Yeah, like all those just like general horror film. Yeah, just general like under the sea. Yeah. Oh yeah, general exploring the world. I mean, they all went to exotic locales and mm-hmm. make stuff. you want to buckle so. some swashes. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, movies like that and any Indiana Jones movie always make me think, right. you know, that I want to be a mm-hmm. high adventurer. James type. Bond movies not... where you get to travel anywhere you can travel by yes. map. That's, That's on my list. Yes. Was basic, yeah. I literally wrote down basically any James Bond film. Oh yeah, because they shoot in some. Fabulous location, incredible, and they're always like, like the moon. It's the moon, <laughs> yeah, Moonraker, yeah. moon <laughs> underwater, yeah. yeah, Spy Who Loved Me, Submarine Car. I yeah. wanted that so badly. Uh, the Living Daylights with um, is that the one in Paris on the Eiffel Tower? Uh, that's a view to a kill. A view to a kill. Grace yeah. Jones. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> Which which is the one where it's it's the one with the James Bond that nobody likes and he does some downhill skiing on the in oh, the Alps. George, Majesty's Secret George Lazenby. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I've been I've been to that mountain. Oh, cool. Took a took a trip to Europe uh, the summer after eighth grade, and they took us up to the top of that specific mountain. They've got a tiny little museum just to that James Bond. Oh, there. there, he's like, anybody yeah. remember yeah, anybody want an autograph? I was you know, James like, Bond. <laughs> Yeah. Some of the new. I think he was good. He was good. He was good, but no one liked him. Yeah, I think he had been like a male model and had not done acting, and then they just brought him in to be James Bond. <laughs> Suave. I'd hate to come on the heels of. <laughs> so that sounds bad. I would hate yeah. to follow up Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Yeah. I wouldn't mind coming on his heels, but I don't want to. <laughs> not on my shoes. <laughs> It's the quickening. <laughs> You're the man now, dog. <laughs> there can be only one. <laughs> Miss Money Penny, you've soiled my shoes. <laughs> you soiled my shoes. Oh, back to the traveling. <laughs> oh, the Daniel Craig a few James Bond films had some great locations, too. <laughs> <laughs> one of them was supposed to come out last month. And, and they have Daniel Craig. Oh. What's yeah. that one where he's wearing a Speedo on the beach or whatever? Casino Royale. Casino Royale, yeah. It's remake. a nice beach. It is, yeah. That A lot of that was in the Bahamas. Mm hmm. Which is where yeah. uh, Ian Fleming wound up mm-hmm. retiring and writing those books. Yeah. One that got me and made me want to, uh, like, I have to visit this place was Lost in Translation with uh, Bill Murray and oh, ScarJo. Great movie, yeah. Great movie. And just, it's like a love letter to Tokyo. Mm-hmm. It looks so gorgeous there. And they go it out makes to me Fuji go to- from there and all the different places around. But most of it is 
say, and it's interesting. It makes me want to go there, but the whole thing was and sort of about whiskey. loneliness and isolation <laughs> when you're in this huge crowded place, but you're alone. So the movie is fantastic, but it really just beautifully showcases Tokyo and how gorgeous it is. I always, yeah, I, I've always wanted to go to Japan and most of my uh, movies that made me feel that way were like really weird anime cartoons from when I was younger. <laughs> so like basically Akira, the first time I saw that and I was like, okay, I know that's not what Japan is. It's the future of Japan, but it was basically like any culture that keeps cranking out this kind of weird stuff is just blowing my mind as a kid. I was like, I have got to see what's going on over there. Cause I mean, I, I everything I had kind of loved as a kid, like Godzilla and uh, giant robots and things like that all came from Japan. And mm-hmm. I, I realized I was like, whatever they're up to over there, they're right in my wheelhouse. With weird weird is kind of their specialty. Yeah, Japanese yeah. culture stuff has always been a huge favorite of mine. When we lived in Hawaii, of course, the Japanese influence there is huge. So I grew up watching all the Japanese superhero <laughs> TV shows. and Like we got some of them here in the States, the Space Giants and Ultraman and those kinds of things. But there was the Spider-Man like, show. There were, oh, that, that was cool. Yeah. yeah. But like in, <laughs> when you lived in Hawaii, they had whole channels that were just Japanese television, multiple ones of them. And it was all the craziest live action, weird people in suits and Lugo men turning into applesauce. And, but you'd go to the mall and they had meet and greets of all these weird Japanese superhero characters. Yeah, funny. I loved it. Awesome. Yeah. The, Crazy. Uh, Lost in Translation is just gorgeous. And that's the Park Hyatt Tokyo that they filmed that hotel at. Mm. Uh, they filmed the movie at. Mm-hmm. Lip my stocking. Midnight at the Oasis. <laughs> A movie that I saw that actually specifically spurred me to go to this place was in Bruges. Mm. And I we went to we went to visit Bruges pretty much because we saw that film and wanted to see that place. And it's such a tiny little town that you can go and see every spot. Oh, yep, they filmed that there. They filmed that there. That love the playground when my kids played on that playground. Mm-hmm. How about and the tower a, at the ending? Yeah, yep, we was saw that, a that clock tower too. It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. In the main little square, and Bruges is a great city. It's, it's where is it? Tokyo? <laughs> is it near Japan? Yeah, it's not anywhere near <laughs> Japan. <laughs> In Belgium. Oh, I love their waffles. And it's very—they call it the 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 Venice of the North, but it is it is a lot like Venice and and Amsterdam in that it's just full of canals. Mm. And but it's so it's so so pretty and very walkable and. They, because it's Belgium, they of course specialize in chocolate. But mm. some chocolate. some reason, Bruges, their specialty is ex- erotic chocolate. Let's just hey. put it that way. Mm, every, that was my nickname yes. in high school. <laughs> erotic chocolate. That was my cover band. Every punk. every chocolatier you pass. Eddie Kendrick the, cover band. <laughs> every chocolatier you pass, the front window is just full of chocolate penises and breasts it's well, it's a so red light district weird. for hershey pennsylvania yes. <laughs> all shapes and sizes and flavors and it's flavors just crazy yeah yeah <laughs> so you can Do get they your... have it immediately after mowing the lawn in the summertime <laughs> probably probably <laughs> uh they're also sour. known for their french fries in belgium and they are some of the best fries i've ever had they fry them 
twice. What do they, they call f- them there? Frit. Hmm. Fries. Potato penises. But they serve them. <laughs> they serve them in a little paper boat with a tiny fork. For oh. you to skewer each fry. Because eating fry with them, your hands would be uncouth. Exactly. They fry them first in beef fat, and then they fry them a second Ooh. time in duck fat. Shut And uh, yes. How many animals can we kill right. to make exactly. our fry chicken? more. Come on, one more. Oh, yeah. they are the best fries. They're if you're going to so eat a, a root vegetable, you might as well fry it an mm-hmm. animal. Yeah. That's right. And they have a fry museum there. So you can visit the, it's next door to a chocolate museum. So you can oh. get, get to learn about chocolate and how they make chocolate penises and then go have some delicious fries. <laughs> are the penises, I mean, are the, excuse me, the freaks, are they normal shaped or are they? They are shaped? normal shaped. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, then I'm out. They're not fun shaped. <laughs> they all lean to the left. Though, are so. they fun size? Yeah. You know, what's good it's- is to dip French fries in a chocolate milkshake. Yes. Mm, yeah. Even if they're not penis shapes, <laughs> just makes it better. <laughs> that's a that's a it's a great movie too. It's not really uh, kid friendly no. at all, <laughs> yeah. and it's a bit depressing there at the end. But it is a terrific spoiler movie. Very, alert. It's actually quite funny up until the depressing ending. Yeah, <laughs> I actually am not usually a Colin Farrell fan, but. Really you know what? Him. Late in his career, he's gotten kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Making good choices, and you got to impress his eyebrow game. Be impressed with his eyebrow <laughs> game. They're they are something. They're yes, structural. That's, that's true. They are. <laughs> they're planned. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a nice city city line out. <laughs> this one did inspire. Uh, it's I've never been there yet, but it's on my bucket list is, uh, have you ever seen the man from snowy river? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. Yes. Um, it's been a long time, uh, but yeah. Yeah. It's a Disney it's movie, like a, wasn't it? It is a Disney mm-hmm. movie. It yeah. is. Um, and it's, it's like a Western, but it's based in Australia, but it's kind of in yeah. the central part of the country where it's all mountains and horse ranching. I don't and, know man, about it Australia, is just, man. Everything there wants but to But it is just you. the most, it is the most beautiful countryside i've ever seen and when he gets on that horse at the end and he rides it straight down that cliff yeah i think so yeah tom, tom I, I anyway don't remember his name. yeah um um but yeah and then they there's that helicopter shot where they fly over over the field where the giant herd of horses is running through mm-hmm. and they're running through the snow that looks like where the name comes from, it looks like a river of snow going through this field of grass. And it's just the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And it's really, really cool. I've always, I've loved that movie since I was really young and I've always wanted to go see that. I want to go to New Zealand. Yeah. And I was going to say Lord of the yeah, Rings. Lord of the Rings. Go to New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> and they're cashing in on that. You can do oh, yeah. tours of oh, everything. Yeah. It's smart. You can go see Hobbiton. Well, the, um, the, the very, the various kinds of things, like from mountains to beautiful plains, to, like it's just so cool looking there. Yeah, it looks like Middle Earth. Weird animals, and they have the Southern Alps. Like I got an argument with my son about this because he said, <laughs> "How can they be the Alps if they're in New Zealand?" Yeah, I'm That's, with him on that. What that up? is just what they have chosen to call them, but oh. they do. They really do look like the Alps, but it's it's in New Zealand. So yeah, you, those yeah, scenes where the hobbits are trying to get across that frightening little bridge that's clung mm-hmm, to the thing mm-hmm. while the 
All the ice monsters are what a that was filmed in the in the Southern Alps. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's mm-hmm. some breathtaking countryside. You can yeah, you so. can see just about every type of climate on the planet. You can see in New Zealand. It's kind of crazy, and it's small. And they right? have no snakes. Yes. So, what? yeah. But they do have kiwi. They have kiwis, and, but no snakes. And it's a fair another trade. weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't like birds, but I really don't like snakes. What if snakes could fly? They would be terrible. Oh, so they'd be no. a dragon, I guess. <laughs> there yeah, you I go. think we call that a dragon. <laughs> I think Jeff and I had the same movie on our list that he hasn't brought up yet. That's one of my favorite. Midnight in Paris? Yes. Yes. I like so that, that one. Oh. Even before I went to Paris and... Before I, I still kind of think the French are terrible, but <laughs> he loves it's, Paris it's, now. it's hard not to watch this. It's a Woody Allen movie. Uh, it's hard to watch that and not want to go there. The whole thing is filmed there. And it's just every spot they film in is just And the first perfection. five minutes, I could just put that on a loop and just stare at it because the opening five minutes of the film are just footage of every little nook and cranny in Paris, all mm-hmm. of the things you are familiar with and then some little obscure spots that some people might not know about. And it's just so beautiful. My favorite quote from that movie is that Paris exists and anyone could choose to live anywhere else in the world will always be a mystery to me. Hmm. (sighs) Have you ever been to Paris? I love Paris. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) It's a good, it's a fun movie too. Did you guys know that Heather used to live in Paris? I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have either of you seen this one? I haven't seen yeah. it, but I I know the the plot. I know the yeah. premise. So yeah, it's a Woody can, Allen film. Yeah, Owen Wilson is uh, his wife. Is it Rachel McAdams? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, his yes. fiance. Yeah. And, uh, he's there with her She's family, awful. and he goes for a walk one night after midnight and gets picked up in a car. And taken to a club. An oldie times he, car. When he goes to, into the club, he realizes he's in 1920s Paris. Not Which is what he city. always idealized. He, you, you see that in the beginning, they established that he thinks Paris is the best place, but he really wishes he could see Paris in the 20s. Mm-hmm. So he and winds he up does. each night going off to 1920s Paris and meeting F. Scott Fitzgerald and Ernest he Kennedy. just hangs out with uh, Salvador Dali and Picasso and all the all the cool characters you would want to run into in so 1920s it's both Paris. A modern day piece and a cool period piece shows mm-hmm. Paris at its height. But then the fun part is that he also he falls in love with a woman played by uh, Marianne Cotillard. Mm, which and, would be easy to do. Yeah. She is gorgeous. Uh, but the fun part is that she ideal, idolizes Paris during La Belle Epoque, the 1800, late 1800s. You know, and, La Belle Epoque. Yeah. And so oh, yes. she's out for a walk with her in the 20s one night and a carriage pulls up and they get into the carriage oh, and it takes them that. to Maxine's in like 1890. And then double time travel. Yeah, and they they have they have a drink with Toulouse-Lautrec. Mm. And some of those folks and they get into an argument because those folks are like, no, no, no. The best time in the world to live would have been during the Renaissance. And he's like, so really, it's the, what we need to realize here is that everyone 
idealizes something in the past Mm -hmm. and it's not Mm. really any better. It's just different. And went got deep on it. Yeah, it does. It goes and gets philosophical. (laughs) The plot of that movie is Woody Allen really likes Paris and wanted to spend a year there filming. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to write a screenplay about Paris and find someone to make my movie just so that I can live there. There's a lot of other good Paris movies. That uh, most Mm -hmm. recent James Bond movie had a lot of good. Yes, actually, I just watched yesterday because I started watching a lot of the movies that, that have inspired me to visit places uh, jeff had just been had just recently watched top gun and we were talking about tom cruise films and then i remembered the latest mission impossible fallout was mostly in paris yeah so i watched that yesterday just for fun i That's think those movies movie. are so cheesy but i love them too all the mission impossible <laughs> i love them i don't think yeah. they're all that cheesy even they're good. Even the original, some of the premises, like the fact that every, you can just have a briefcase that will craft a, a map. No, he's got that briefcase in the oh, mobile like scanner the that prints the mask. Yeah. yeah. They, they, oh, yeah. They, it looks they exactly nab, like your yeah, face. They <laughs> nab that guy in, in a restroom and they scan his face and the briefcase prints out the mask and they assume his identity. Yeah. It's, it's somebody that owns so a 3D cool, printer though. and has been working on it for about 24 hours yes. straight right now. No, yeah. that doesn't happen. You're going to print a live skin face. But, you know, all that stuff came from the original series, too, which I also love. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's a lot. A lot of it is kind of James Bond and, and Q and their gadgets can get a little hokey like that, too. But I love them. Oh, especially in the older James Bonds, they were far less grounded in reality. Oh, yes. <laughs> Submarine cars and whatnot. I would yeah. like an Aston Martin with ejector seats and rockets. <laughs> yeah, I really would like that. But I will settle just for an Aston Martin. Yeah, without it. anyone is wondering. <laughs> or I'll take a Yugo with a machine gun on the front of it. <laughs> Get out of my way. <laughs> Give me a pacer with a BB gun duct taped to the hood. Is that okay? Can I get that? <laughs> well, that's kind of, that actually reminds me, I have one that is impossible to do because it requires time travel. But when I I had missed it when it came out and I had been meaning to watch it for a while. And then when we were on our Adventures by Disney trip on the bus ride out to the Disney Studios, they showed us Saving Mr. Banks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that made me, if I could get in a time machine and go back and experience a place, it would be Disneyland in the like Mm -hmm. early 60s, late 50s. It looked amazing. Like they did a great job, but it just looked so quaint and so Mm -hmm. small compared to what it is these days. Yeah, I I I love that movie. That is my standard go to answer. If anyone asks you the the icebreaker question, if you could have dinner with any person living or dead, uh, mine is P.T. Travers, Walt Walt Disney, (laughs) (laughs) not P.L. Travers. Oh, grumpy Travers. She didn't seem like any fun at all. No, apparently she wasn't. I mean, one of my favorite things about that movie is that is the end credits when they play the actual recordings of her. Yeah, because she really did record every second of it so that she could play it back and throw it in their yeah, face. You could like she got, got it wrong. Got to do and he called her out on it. And he says, who gets to tour Disneyland with Walt Disney? Yes. <laughs> like what? I mean, she did not appreciate it. But can you imagine like there's people that got to do that? I was watching mm-hmm. the uh, prop. Uh, prop culture. Have you guys seen that? Oh, on Disney yes. Plus? Yeah. Great show. And so uh, there was, I forget what, which episode it was, but it was the son. They were interviewing the son of one of the guys who was uh, 
one of the main Imagineers at the original thing. And he said he was the very first person that got to ride on the Disneyland railroad. It was, and there was a picture of him as a little kid with Walt pushing the the push cart thing. Can you imagine six year old kid? He's got a framed photo of him and Walt Disney when they had first laid the track and didn't even have the, that's, the train's I mean, delivered yet. He's on a push cart with Walt Disney. Just getting to walk down Main Street with him would be <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Be my favorite now, scene. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Weekend one, of my, one of my favorite scenes is when he gets her on the on the carousel and he tells her, the boys bet me that I couldn't get you on a ride. I just won 20 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I think... I know someone probably won't agree with me, but I think Tom Hanks did an excellent job portraying. Oh, he Walt did. Disney in that he film. doesn't really look like him at all, and he doesn't even sound like him. Somehow Nobody makes me him. believe it. It's yeah. The feeling of it and the attitude. Yeah. yeah. I watched an interview with him actually last night. Uh, he was, I watched an old clip of him from the Graham Norton show where they were asking him about, you know, you've played a lot of people, both living and dead, but you've played a lot of real people and how do you do that and he said uh, that for if it's someone who's not alive anymore he just watches as much video footage film listens to them and he's looking for specific ticks that the person has something some some body language that they have or something vocal that they do and then he just practices that over and over and over to to try and really get mm-hmm. get it spot on. I mean, he does a great job, I think. That was that is my favorite of his historical figure roles is Tom Hanks as Walt Disney. I, I like how he played the real life Forrest Gump so well. <laughs> well, did, have you heard that that the the accent that he uses was actually. It was the little it was, boy. It was the little boy that played him as a child. Yeah, that he yeah. just hung out. He had with a him. totally different character in mind for how he was going to play it. Till he met that little kid, I was like, "Oh, I'll do that." <laughs> <laughs> yep. Welcome to Disney Lion. <laughs> <laughs> I have one that 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 I bet Dan would appreciate because um, it seems like your kind of trip and. It was City Slickers. <laughs> that, that movie actually, some, if when I'm watching, it makes me think, yeah, I would. I want to go to a dude ranch. Yeah, I wanna, you do. I want to. <laughs> Where they raise dudes. It's a yeah. Okay, I'd go to that ranch. What a shirtless guys growing out of the ground. <laughs> yeah. I do. Yeah, like, pick I them do right enjoy off the vine. Back riding, but yeah, yeah, I, you do. <laughs> no, I thought right. you said bareback. Sorry. <laughs> Dan, I'm turning this over to you. Um, <laughs> not successfully. <laughs> no, Dan just can't stop laughing. So, City Slickers. I do enjoy that movie. Another one that I, another one that I had on my list. Um, I've got one more solo movie, and I've got another one that's kind of a category. So, there's this really cool documentary called Last Chance to See. And it's based on a nonfiction book by Douglas Adams. Oh, where I like Douglas he's, Adams. He's, yeah, and he, he did this project where he spent a few years traveling around the world um, to try to find critically endangered species and oh. see them in the wild before oh, they went extinct. Yeah, I got 
<clears throat> yeah. I was thinking. So S-E-A he goes, you said that. <laughs> oh yeah. No. Yes. S E E less chance to see. And so, um, he died before they made the movie. Um, so Stephen Fry, uh, oh, like made him the too. documentary. It's great. He goes to find the, uh, the pink, the Yangtze river dolphins, uh, rhinos in Africa, some other weird fish in the Amazon. Um, and then there's, you you might've seen the clip on YouTube of this one. He goes and finds the Kakapo in New Zealand, which the is Kaka, this what? very Kakapo. It's a, <laughs> it's a strange, <laughs> it's a flightless parrot. It's a flightless parrot that's oh. endangered because all the cats eat them and Aww. they have this really stupid, very specific mating ritual that they have to go through. And it's almost impossible impossible for them to mate so (laughs) so but but at one point the the clip went around on youtube with the kakapo climbing up on stephen fry's head and 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 mating with violently i'm gonna have to look for that taking a kakapo uh, on his head (laughs) yeah (laughs) yes exactly uh but but yeah that's it's a really great documentary uh you just get to see some amazing places and some amazing animals Mm. i love any kind of nature documentary they Mm, always the shots they get of stuff in these films is just planet earth is one of my favorites to watch yeah there's a have you guys ever seen the the the, it's a british comedy called the it crowd yes i love that show no the the crazy haired guy from that richard aowade yes have you seen his travel show travel man yes that show is so good hilarious what's it it called so good it's called travel man it was on BBC, so you can find episodes online. I I've watched it. Um, I just to pull out my Apple TV remote, and I think I can't remember whether I found it on Netflix or Hulu. It was either Netflix or Hulu. I think I think it was Hulu. But he each it's only it's maybe what half an hour, mm-hmm. and he visits a different city, and he brings a celebrity with him. So like he goes to this mm. this city in I think Slovenia with uh, Eddie Izzard. Who no, I, I love hysterical. him too. Yeah. Um, and most of them are, some of them are pretty obscure British celebrities that I don't really know who they are, but it's pretty funny. And they just spend, so the whole premise of this show is uh, the idea of the, the mini break so that you go somewhere on for just for a weekend. So he spends 48 hours in, in all of these different cities and every episode is a different city. So there's Paris and Amsterdam and they do weird stuff in it's a it's lot hilarious. of fun. It's really funny. Yeah. I think we're going to have to do another episode on specifically travel. Yeah. TV yeah. travel shows. They always that, seem to find yeah. the weird hotels too, Dan. So uh-huh. you'll yeah. have to watch the show for us to, to get weird hotels. Yeah. We'll definitely put that on our episode list. Um, Jester Jeff, did you have any other movies on your list? Murder on the Orient Express oh, inspired yes. my want. When we were talking about bucket list a couple of weeks ago, that was that movie is what made me want to, Go on that. Not that I want to be murdered or witness a murder, but uh, <laughs> but maybe involved in solving a murder. I still can't believe yeah. they haven't done like a murder weekend thing on the Orient Express because that's a that's a big. Maybe they have. <laughs> maybe they have, and we just haven't found it. But the uh, I started looking again last night or night before last. <laughs> The uh, sweets and stuff available on this train. Oh my goodness, it just looks so gorgeous. I want to do it, and it's not cheap. <laughs> no, 
You could say it's murder. Murder. Sell it by the legs. Murder on your bank account. (laughs) The only other one I had on my list was is also based in France. Starts in Paris, and it's another another Kevin Klein film because I I think he's hilarious. Wild Wild West. French Kiss. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen French Kiss? Kevin Klein and Meg Ryan. Oh yeah, it's a cute movie. I thought of another and, one. Forget Paris was good too. Oh yeah, Deborah that's a great Winger one. Mm-hmm. French Kiss I Billy like Crystal. because they start in Paris, but then she takes the train to the south of France and goes all the way down to the French Mediterranean, and it's oh, the French Riviera is gorgeous. <laughs> it must be even <laughs> it's so pretty. <laughs> and another one that I always thought would be a great showcase for something I don't particularly want to do this myself because I don't drink wine, but the movie Wine Country and uh, the other movie about it, Sideways. Sideways is wine great. Country. Yeah. And if you mm-hmm. Google, we can put the links on the uh, on our Facebook page, too, but they have whole itineraries you can do where you can go to all the exact wineries mm-hmm. and spots that they filmed these things in for both of those movies. Another wine country movie I like is Bottle Shock. Oh. And it's yeah. Chris Pine and um ugh, why is it? Alan Rickman. May Someone he else. rest in peace. Alan Rickman is in it. We're oh, going it's great. to wine country. Yes. It's a great movie. <laughs> that one is about you, how Would you like Napa... a glass of wine, Alan? Always. <laughs> <laughs> that one is about how Napa uh came to be uh a renowned wine producing region before that everyone considered California wine to just be swill. Mm-hmm. And um, that whole region just movie. looks so gorgeous up there. I would love to, yeah. I would love to go there, even though I'm not a big wine man. I could learn to love wine though. If it's that pretty you love champagne, I do love that sparkling wines. Mm-hmm. I can deal. I can have white wine. I, I really can't stand red wine. It, red wine tastes like bad breath smells. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say that I never thought that I would enjoy a movie of uh, about uh, middle-aged women having midlife crises as much as I did uh, the movie Wine, Wine Country. Country. Wine Country was hysterical. <laughs> like, that movie was not made for me, but I enjoyed it quite yeah, a bit. You may not have been the target demo, but it's good. Oh. Yeah, you can. there's sites playing your own Wine Country girls trip. They have all these things. If you would like to go on one of those wine country girls trips. <laughs> I know someone Contact. who could plan it for you. Mm-hmm. Many people. We actually yeah. have uh, one of our travel advisors grew, uh, lived in Napa for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. And knows it very well. And she knows her way around a bottle. Of booze. She knows. She knows. <laughs> she knows good wine. Tiffany Harmon, key to the world travel. Mm-hmm. You can find her on Facebook. Absolutely. Uh, Jess, did you have anything else on your list? Oh, that's it for me. That's it. Um, I had, I was, I was looking at my list of films and realized that a whole bunch of them fell under the category of like American road trip movies. Mm-hmm. Mm, definitely. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Lampoon's vacation and uh goofy movie are a little bit on oh, the less yeah. serious side, but I mean, they're both kind of, Lester's the Lester's Possum Park. Lester's Possum Park. <laughs> There's something about I feel like the best amusement parks and theme parks should just be a little bit crappy. Mm-hmm. If they're too perfect, That's it's why I just like not Universal. as good. 
Well, oh, I was gonna say there's no. even. Oh, we're we're. In I mean, so let's be honest. There's even parts of there's, even, yeah, there were there's even parts of our other favorite parks that are you know it's a little bit old and a little bit tired, but it's still wonderful. Yes. That's what's uh, said about me. A lot. Have you been to Coney Island? Yeah. No, but I would that love to. Great example of that. It's it was Whoa. cheesy to start with, and now it's a little sketchy and run down, but it's. <laughs> It's, it's magic, sketchy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love it still. It's great, though. One so. of my favorite road trip movies is Meet the Millers. Also, we're the not Millers. A, we're the Millers. Thank you. Sorry. Dang it. <laughs> not appropriate. Movie. Not appropriate for children, but <laughs> so hysterical. At all. But that is a great, great road Yeah, trip it, when it involves an RV full of pot, it's mm-hmm. probably not for children. <laughs> But also involving a lot of drugs on a road trip. I had down Easy Rider. Oh, yeah. You got to bet. You got to get. Pe- yeah. There's so much really bad, pseudo deep, druggy philosophy crap in it. But man, there's a lot of beautiful it's scenery the, in that the movie. cinematography on that movie is amazing. Yeah. Not a there's whole a great lot scene in. The there's a great scene in yeah. a New Orleans uh, cemetery, yeah, that makes it look really yeah. fun. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're not like and oh, terrifying, and then fun again, the and then terrifying, or what yeah. you're on, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good. Movie. Um, yeah, I just rewatched that the other night. Um, and then the other one, the other one in that category is there's it's from the late nineties called Wild America, uh, starring JTT. Do any of you guys remember this I movie? Know. No, starring who? It's, Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor, Taylor Thomas. Thomas. Oh, wow. From, from Home Improvement. <laughs> it's, yeah, all of those kids yeah, had three names. JTT. <laughs> yeah. Him and Devin Sawa and Scott Bearstow. And it's based on uh, real life uh, brothers who they went out as teenagers and explored America with uh, old movie camera and the the one brother turned it ended up being i've seen this major cinematographer (laughs) yeah no i used to watch this a lot when i was you know in about seventh or eighth grade we watched this movie a lot and it's great it's these three brothers and they just drive around the country and try to shoot footage of alligators and bears and it's not uh, stuff horrible planes (laughs) trains and automobiles does that make you want to visit the midwest (laughs) those aren't pillows i watch that at thanksgiving every year though that's a great it's like the only thanksgiving movie and it's so good that's a great movie i haven't seen (laughs) that in a long time i should show that to wyatt uh there's Mm -hmm. a lot of those uh no, oh, well, I cut that out. I forgot what I was where I was going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think let's go wrap it up. We'll definitely have to do this again, talking about uh, travel document or travel series, mm-hmm. yeah, TV series. Yeah. I, think, yeah. I think that'll be fun. I've, I'm already putting Me a list too. of those together in my head too. Um, but yeah, so thanks for hanging out with us again this week. Uh, we know that your your life schedule is a lot weirder now, and the fact that you're making time to include us in it means a lot to us um if you've got a cinematic travel fantasy of your own key to the world travel has a red carpet full of expert travel advisors waiting to help make your dreams a reality visit www.keytotheworldtravel.com for a quote and help planning the trip of a lifetime don't forget to catch up with our friend the theme park professor for all the latest theme park news and tips at www.themeparkprofessor.com uh, word of mouth is always the best way to help us grow our show. If you've got a friend or two who you think would appreciate our special brand of globetrotting jackassery, I'd really appreciate it if you could send them our way. We can't wait to hang out with you again next week, and we'll see you real soon. See you Bye, everybody. Soon.
don't watch a movie about blues. <laughs> <laughs> to ask a question or share your travel story, you can reach us by smoke signal, carrier pigeon, or send an email to goldkeyadventurers at gmail.com. And make sure you follow the Gold Key Adventure Society on Facebook and Instagram. A huge thanks to our sponsor, Key to the World Travel. For all your travel planning needs, visit www.keytotheworldtravel.com for a free quote and help planning the trip of a lifetime. Tell them the Gold Key Adventurers sent you. That's www.keytotheworldtravel.com. Key to the World Travel, your key to a magical vacation. Thanks to Outer Vibe for the use of their song Hoka Hey for the intro and outro of our show. Find them on Facebook at The Outer Vibe or check out www.outervibe.com for tour dates, music, merch, and more. We'll see you next week for another meeting of the Gold Key Adventure Society. And until then, remember, life is short and the world is wide. So go have an adventure.